This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And give me a moment. i got to figure out where to put my headphones. Uh, that's a good place right there. Okay, I haven't done a show in quite a while. Uh, while. Like three weeks worth of shows I haven't done. And uh, it's because lots of stuff's been going on. Well, mainly, uh, I believe I told you guys on the last show that uh, Amy and I, uh, Amy's my wife, uh, we decided that we would... Uh, Help my dad, who is 88 years old and he's had some health issues this year, uh, help my dad remain in his house for as long as he can by moving in with him. And uh, so that took place, uh, the initial move-in, that's just getting in the essentials uh, for us to be able to live there. That took place on Saturday the 5th of this month, which is August And the year is 2023. Depending on when you find this show, who knows? You may be well into the future. Anyway, so we, uh, uh, so I needed to take that time off, and then just just uh, getting things organized and 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 done uh, just meant that there was going to be some some uh, missed shows. I mean, even the fifth was uh, was that that was last Saturday. Was, uh, so we've been there a week. Uh, up until then, there was some other stuff uh, that had sort of to deal with the moving and all this thing. So I just uh, wasn't going to be able to do a show because I just wasn't going to have time to put one together. I hope you understand. Uh, there are people out there, there are podcaster, uh, uh, podcasters out there that never miss. Of course, they might pre-record stuff well ahead of time. So in case they're out of town or they're unable to do a podcast, they can have something put in the feed, and it's all new. See? I, I just, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> I, just, I, I just can't. Uh, so, uh, once again, I'm coming to you from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. You can find us online by going to nostalgiazone.com. You can become a member of our membership. Now, things have changed a little bit since the last time. I, I spoke to you. Uh, the powers that be here decided, you know, it's not fair, and it might help for sales if cu- customers that decide not to become members can still benefit a little bit from saving on, on books that have been on the shelves for a while. Uh, I've, I've talked about this in the past. You know, They'll get extra little discounts on them if they've remained on the shelves for a bit. Uh, I don't know if we're going up to 40% anymore, but maybe we are. I don't know. But you can get maybe another 20% off or 10% off. 
uh, and you're not even a member because just because the books have been out there for that for that long and we, we decided to do that but becoming a member still gets you a couple of things it gets you just a regular 10% off the top no matter what and then you get that additional savings if the book has been on the shelves long enough and you do earn points toward future purchases, which is like 10% of your purchase amount you know, uh, becomes points, and those points add up. And uh, you can use those uh, each time you, you purchase something. You know, like if you get a dollar in points, you get a dollar off, or you can let it cr uh, accrue and use it for you there's a big book that may be a hundred bucks but you got but you don't want to spend the whole hundred bucks on that book you'll save ten percent so you get it for 90 but you see you know i want to save up some points if you save up enough points maybe you get like 30, 30 bucks in points i'm sitting around thirty dollars or something maybe close to forty dollars in points i'm sitting on that i've been earning some points from the stuff i've been buying because i want to use that for maybe i got a big purchase a hundred dollar book and i can get it for even less and then I, <clears throat> because I work here, my uh, discount, regular discount's a little bit more than the than the customer. But it's just because I work here. I get a little perk. So anyway, um, let's see. Uh, so you can go online. You can sign up for the membership. It's free. You'll get, so you get those two benefits of uh, building points and 10% off on your purchases. And you'll also get an email once or twice a month. Uh, that's, you know. Uh, you know, it's just lets you know uh, new stuff in the store and brings attention to some potential sales that are coming up and things like that. So, nostalgiazone.com. If you're into buying back issues of comic books, did I mention there was a comic book store? If I didn't, well, it is. It's a comic book store. We just sell back issues. We don't carry the new stuff as it comes out. We get that stuff eventually, somehow. But uh, we we sell back issues. We go back to the golden age, but uh, we I think we have mostly silver and bronze age type stuff but just check us out on the website and uh and uh you know become a member nostalgiazone.com tell them dr dim sent you not that anybody's gonna ask you all right so uh we're living with dad and it has uh it's been fine so far he does listen to the tv quite loud oh loud <laughs> but surprisingly even though our what we're calling our tv room is closer to the living room where he sits and watches tv uh than our bedroom uh, we actually can uh block out the sound pretty well we close the door to the tv room we have our tv on for watching something and it's it's not as bad it's not as it doesn't spill over as bad than than if you just had the door open obviously it cuts out the sound pretty well so we're not really bothered by it and i think dad sometimes ticks the volume down a little bit just because he knows well there's other people here and i've mentioned you know hey you know you should look to see either getting the hearing aids you've got repaired he doesn't wear them says they don't work get them repaired or get your get some new ones it's just you you want to hear what they say in church don't you when you go to church oh and that's another thing been to church again <laughs> i don't know how regular i'm going to be at going to church but maybe uh i've got some i got a story about that uh, a little bit later i want to hit a couple things first before i get to that uh but um yeah so that's been okay uh there is a challenge uh that we're gonna have to deal with uh and a lot of adult kids 
have this challenge with their elderly parents. The elderly parents want to continue to drive their car, uh, even though they can barely walk. Well, that's why I got to drive. <laughs> I know, Dad. But how are you going to get your your the walker into the car and yourself into the car? And okay, you manage that. How are you going to get out? There's there's things. So he's been talking about. I want to get my you know where's my car keys? I want to drive. So eh, you know, well, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see what happens. So, but for the most part, it's we're still working out a pattern of how to handle things, and uh, you know, work out a routine, I should say, and uh, and then uh, eventually, over the next couple of months, uh, we want to be completely out of the house, put the house in the market, sell it, and be rolling in dough when it sells for millions of dollars. Well, you know, one can dream. <laughs> uh, okay, where am I at here? Did I break down my times? I did. Okay, um, as I said, I've been uh, uh, going to church. And, oh, oh, wait a minute, before I get to that, before I get to that, one of the things that, uh, that I've become aware of, and I, I might, my read on it might not be accurate. Uh, I, 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 I could be wrong in this. If I am, you know, you can email me and let me know. You just send an email to drdim at dimland.com, D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Let me know that I'm wrong on this, uh, if I am. And I'll check it out, and then I'll make a correction if I have to. But uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed that my dad uh, will watch, one of the shows he watches, is, uh, uh, is this really horrible, terrible, horrible, horrible, awful, just disgusting, makes you weep for humanity reality shows called Hardcore Pawn. Now, isn't that clever? There are two reality shows that have something to do with pawn shops. One's called Hardcore Pawn, and the other one's called Pawn Stars. Hey, you know, it seems like they're picking up on porn language. You know, Hardcore Porn, Porn Stars? Huh, seems like that's what they're doing, isn't it? Oh, isn't that clever? Anyway, I've seen some of Pawn Stars, and that's a family that runs a, a pawn shop, and they may have more than one location, I don't know. And I think that's on the History Channel, so they, they try to make it look like a little bit of history. I mean, you learn about some of this old stuff that's brought in, and, and there's haggling over pricing, and sometimes people go away disappointed. Uh, they don't accept the offer, or they do, but they are a little disappointed. Sometimes people are surprised at how much that the pawn shop is willing to offer for it. You learn a little bit about the stuff on there. That's the pawn shop's one, uh, the, the pawn star's one. Uh, but what I don't like about that one is the forced drama be between the family members that run the store. I just, it, it, that's the thing about reality shows. It's it's not reality. Nobody, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see people acting like that. Uh, it just, I don't know. It just seems like the producers are saying, okay, you know, it would be really great if you guys could be upset with each other about this thing that you're not really upset with each other. I think that's going on. Maybe I'm being cynical. I don't know. But at least that show has, uh, the people on that show have one thing over the hardcore pawn people. Uh, the pawns, the pawn, yeah, the pawn stars, they want their pawn shop to stay in business. 
The hardcore porn people, they are, seem like they're desperate to go out of business. They, What I've noticed in watching this show and seeing it is that, well, one, they use a lot of bleeping because there's a lot of swearing in it. Lots of bleeping. And if, if, if there's anything you should know about me, this, that I don't like the bleeping tool. That you just drop it out. Just drop out the swear words. That's fine. I don't like the bleep. Now, I know the bleep is more dramatic. And so that's why they use it. They don't just drop out the swear words. If, if you're watching a, 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 a made for, or not a made for TV, you're watching a movie on, on regular TV, they will sometimes they have the they'll 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 dub over uh, a word that's not the swear word that's being said, or they'll just drop it. They'll just drop the audio, so you don't hear the word. They'll do that in songs that have, you know, a swear word in it. They'll just drop it, uh, uh, and that and that's that's it, it, that's less jarring. You can still, you know, you, you can be in the other room and hearing what's, you know, kind of hearing in the background what's going on on TV. You just hear conversation going on. But if they're swearing and they're dropping out the audio, you don't really notice. But if they're bleeping, you notice that bleep all the goddamn time. Bleep, 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 bleep. Oh, God, it just drives me crazy. Or my lack of. God. Uh, anyway. Um, so there's that aspect to that particular show. I'm sure there's bleeping going on on the uh, on the Pawn Stars, but I just hadn't noticed. Uh, maybe not as much. Um, the 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 thing that I have noticed now we've uh, had pe people over, and my dad's had the TV on, but we finally get him to mute it. I mean, his his TV etiquette when other people are around isn't great. You have to remind him, Dad, mute it, mute the mute it, or turn it off. My mom used to have to do that all the time. Would you turn it off or just, you know, put it on mute? And then he, he, he wouldn't know how to hit the mute button and where's the, he turns the volume up or he changes the channel or something like that. The other day, he was stuck between two features and he kept going back and forth on it. I don't know how he got to it. One was the guide of the programs that are on and the other, and then 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 he would he would go to, from that screen and he'd pop it to another screen and there'd be all these little uh, uh, other little uh, uh, buttons along the bottom of the screen show you know brighten the picture or you know that kind of stuff and he's going back and forth he's trying to figure it out and I'm looking I'm watching him go back and forth and back and forth and he give me the remote I hit the ex exit button exit exit a couple of times and then it's to the station that he's that he well wasn't going to be watching because it was a Spanish language cartoon about Jesus. Anyway, but he's not watching that because he doesn't know Spanish, and he's—I mean—he's not—he's down with Jesus, I guess. But you know, because he goes to church. But you know, he doesn't watch religious programming. So anyway, that which reminds me of the meme I've seen where people prepare a, a remote for their elderly parents, in which they they put masking tape over the over everything on the on the remote, the TV remote, uh, the, with the exception of the power button to turn the TV on and off and on. Uh, or turn it on and off, however you want to look at it. I don't know. Is that pessimistic to say off and on, and optimistic to say on and off? Is that, I don't uh, whatever. And or the and the the volume up and down button, and the channel up and down button, and the mute button. Everything else is covered. These are the only buttons you need to touch. I I, I haven't had a chance to look it up, but this Samsung and other TV manufacturers, you know, like Zenith and and Curtis Mathis, which I know they're both out of business, but other TV manufacturers, do they uh, uh, offer, hey, yeah, they, they could make, uh, this could be a, a brilliant idea for the seniors in, in, in our lives, that 
You can, the, the, the little coupon comes with the TV that you send away, and they will send you a senior's TV remote, which only has those four buttons. You'll have the remote that has all the rest of the stuff on that the, the rest of us know how to work, which I must admit I don't know all the buttons. <laughs> but anyway, but, but you get the senior remote that just has the power button, the volume button, the channel button, and the mute button. That's all you need. Okay, just just learn those buttons. <laughs> My father-in-law was different. He had no problem with his his TV remote. He knew it like the back of his hand. But he was always a, an electronics guy. He always liked the stereos and and, and TV stuff and and video tape stuff and DVDs. And stuff. He always he was into that kind of thing and up on the latest stuff. And he was he was really good about it. So he knew his remotes. My dad, not so much. Oh, so the, anyway, so we had people over. He left the TV on, but he didn't manage to get the mute done. And, I, and it was a, a marathon of, of hardcore pawn. And I'd look over there, and I'd notice every, every few minutes on that show, somebody's being kicked out of the store. They have a bouncer standing there, and somebody's getting kicked out. Every few, every few minutes, it's it's like half a dozen people get kicked out of the store every episode. It's like a, the Jerry Springer of of pawn shows. It's like it's, what is this? <laughs> How do you stay in business? You're you're constantly kicking people out. You, are you lowballing? You know, purposely on these people. And it's in and, and, and the thing is, every one of those people that they kick out, and then there's. Uh, shots of them out in the parking lot you know yelling and getting in fights with other people and it's back and forth every one of them you can see their face which means they've all signed off and said yeah i want to be on tv i don't care if i look like an asshole i want to be on tv oh it just it just uh give me antiques roadshow <sighs> all right i'm worked up enough uh uh i'm gonna take my first break <laughs> you're listening to dimland uh, radio on the ZTalk Radio net- Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I will return after this break. identification you're listening to ztalk radio network operating frequency on ztalkradio.com do you believe in ghosts do you think bigfoot is real do you suspect that your neighbor is really val tor leader of the lizard people of bendar 3 well dr dim doesn't and he'll tell you why when you tune into dimland radio saturday nights 11 central midnight eastern on ztalk radio network it's an hour of science promotion pop culture rants personal observation and of course skepticism Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to ZTalk Radio.
Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, I, the, uh, the, the basement area here has been reconfigured a little bit, so it's, it's, it's changes because there's always stuff being moved around and all that. I had a pretty stable setup here for a while, uh, but uh, it's, it's since, the, since it's been three weeks since I've done a show, they've managed to pile things in the areas where I had been. And now I'm still, well, I'm still in the same basic area of the uh, basement. Uh, it's just that I'm not faced the same way. I don't know if it's changed the sound at all. My uh, volume levels seem to be about the same as ever. So hopefully you can still hear me. And uh, and my drops and sounders and all that stuff don't, uh, you know, aren't too over loud. I hope. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> I did mention something about church, but I'm going to get to that in a bit. I had, I, you know, it's a skeptical show, this this show. And now I don't necessarily talk about skepticism all the time, but here's another reason why skepticism is needed. Uh, recently, there were congressional hearings about, you know, this whistleblower. And I think his name is David uh, Grosh. Grosh, is that how you say his name? Uh, he was a former member of the Air Force. He had some, you know, he would. Uh, he was investigating, I guess, UFOs and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he 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 testified before Congress uh, along with uh, a couple other fellows, and they they're whistleblowers about. Well, the U.S. government has aliens, and is it's uh, uh, reverse engineering alien technology, and they have bot you know they have bodies, and they have crashed uh, UFO parts and and all this kind of stuff right this is what this is what we're we're told and i'll get into a lot of the objections here but the main thing that should be ta taken away is that you know you want the, the people that are those congressmen and women that are talking to these whistleblowers is to, to just kind of point out one thing and maybe it was pointed out but uh the the evidence they are giving the whistleblowers it's all anecdotes this grosh guy i hope i got his name right i believe him to be completely sincere i don't think he's pulling he, that he's trying to pull something over just to be famous for a little bit i don't think that i don't think at all i think he really is sincere he really believes the stories that have been told to him See, that's the thing. He testifies before Congress, and his information is second-hand or third-hand anecdotes. He talks about there being documents, but we don't see them. He talks about there's, there's bits of uh, crashed UFOs, uh, alien spacecraft, but we don't see them. We, he, he talks about the stuff, but you know, he's been told this stuff exists, and it's, it's just hearsay. It's anecdotes. It's stories. It's not good, compelling evidence for the existence of extraterrestrial intelligence, let alone that it's in, that it's been visiting us. And isn't it weird? And this has been pointed out before by other people. I think I pointed it out on this show that these these super intelligent beings that can create whatever craft or however, if they figured out how to 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 travel the vast expanses of the universe to the trillions of miles. And it would have to be, it would be trillions of miles. The nearest star to us is trillions of miles away. And that takes, that's, a, that's an incredibly long way away. <laughs> that's really far. 
to travel that distance to get here and then crash. Huh? <laughs> it doesn't seem possible. Now, some of the stuff, uh, um, I'm going to try and do this because I set up the big picture uh, science episodes that play after my show on Saturday nights or Sunday mornings, depending on how you look at it. Uh, so if you're listening to this show as it drops on ZTalk Radio at ztalkradio.com, if you're listening to this right now on on uh, uh, August 12, at about mid, you know, 11 o'clock Central, midnight Eastern, you know, figure it out wherever you're from. It's if you if you're listening, stay tuned. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna make an effort to do this. The first episode. There's two episodes of Big Picture Science that play after Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio, and I'm the one that sets them in place. So I'm, I'm gonna get them in. The latest Big Picture Science episode is a is their Skeptic Check episode. Uh, they do a Skeptic Check episode every month, uh, just one every month. And this one is about this latest UFO stuff. And and the host of the show, one of the hosts of the show, is Seth Shostak. And he's an astronomer. He's the lead astronomer for the SETI project. That's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So he's not a denier that there's life somewhere out in the universe. He's trying to find it. He makes some salient points about they're not visiting us, and they haven't visited us, whatever they are. They haven't. It's just, how would they know we're here? How would they be able to get here? How would they find us? Why did they crash in the last 50 feet once they've made it all the way? I mean, and surely they know that we know that they're visiting us. Surely they, they realize that you know almost 50% of the American population believe that extraterrestrials exist and that they're visiting us. Surely they know that. So, you know, and they, they must know there's not going to be any panic because if you've got nearly half of the population of this country anyway that's believing this, this thing, then the panic when it's revealed that they do exist is just a silly argument. Oh, we can't, we can't, well, the people will panic. No, they won't. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. So the, and and it's and it's the uh, eventually you know the, there's a saying in skepticism that absence of evidence is not necessarily evidence of absence until it is until it's so much no evidence after so much time and so much searching and so much trying to find whatever it is be it Bigfoot or extraterrestrial life forms or visiting us I I, I have no doubt that there are extraterrestrial life forms throughout the universe I have no doubt that there are. In fact, people will ask me, uh, I've had it asked to me, well, Mr. Skeptic, you know, do you believe in UFOs? And I'll say, well, let's define what you mean by UFO. Do you mean an unidentified flying object, something in the sky that's flying around that you don't know what it is? Well, yeah, I believe in that. But if you mean, which most people do, if you mean flying saucers, you mean alien spacecraft, well, no, I don't believe in it. And then their next response, quite often, has, if this has happened to me, their next response to, to my saying that is, well, how can you think there's no life in the universe? It's so big. And, all this. And, I, and I tell them, that's not the question you asked me. You asked me if I thought that that life that's out there in the universe is coming here to visit us. And I say, no. I, th I, there's no evidence for me to accept that they are. There's interesting stories. And that's just what they are. They're just stories. And any video evidence that there is, somebody who's 
able to look at that kind of video stuff and you know that has an expertise in that thing like mick west he's a guy who looked at all these these navy videos that came out not all that long ago and he just gave plausible explanations for what this is and it's not an alien spacecraft now i understand being uh being concerned about objects in the sky uh, the military would be a concern for national security net is are they spy drones are they some kind of you know uh you know aircraft that that's that's uh you know that's some, from a foreign nation that might be spying us or something in some form or another i know it's pretty much the same thing twice but i understand that concern but there's no way that china's like hundreds of years ahead of us in engineering and technology there's no way. And something that Seth Shostak says on that episode of Big Picture Science, he talks about the reverse engineering, and I think he makes a good point. Now, maybe we might, because we have more tools available to us, that we might be able to do a little bit better, but he, he points out, he says, you know, reverse engineering, a, a, a bit of technology that would have to be so far advanced to what we're able to, to do now, you know, in order to make that travel through you know the vast expanses of space, you know, for us to be able to open it up and look at it, and understand it, and reverse engineer it, that would be like a Neanderthal reverse engineering a laptop. It just doesn't seem very likely that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's I it, I might say, well, we might we have a few more tools available to, to us than than the, the Neanderthals did, but. I, but the point is well taken. So it's just as the as the, uh, the 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 rogues and the and the host of the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, another podcast you guys should be listening to, as they would say about uh, uh, when it comes to this particular uh, set of hearings by the whistleblowers, the result is it's just a big nothing burger. It's just nothing. And I, and I uh, looked into it even a little closer because somebody, a friend on social media, had posted a meme about Mitch McConnell. You know that Mitch McConnell had some sort of weird brain thing happen to him. He was, he was in the middle of a, or right at the beginning of, a, I guess, of a press conference in which he was talking about a productive meeting between uh, Republican and Democrat uh, senators on some bit of legislation. He was starting. He was talking, and just in the middle of what he was saying, he stopped talking. He stood and just kind of stared into the middle distance. And the people around him, eventually, after a few seconds of this, uh, started saying, "Mitch, you okay? You okay?" And then he kind of snapped out of it a little bit, not quite. And they said, "You, you want to just? Uh, should we just go? Should we just uh, put put it in this?" And he said, "No." Well, and then they walk him away. And then a little while later, he comes out and he's more lucid and all that. Something weird happened in his brain. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But a Facebook friend shared a meme that showed, you know, that, that was referring to this Mitch McConnell thing. And they, they, and they, they were making a connection between the whistleblower uh, con congressional hearings about the UFOs <coughs> or UAPs, you know, whatever the name they're trying to whatever we're calling it now um uh let's just say alien space aliens um and mitch having his brain fart uh they said uh you know that it's interesting that uh, mitch has mitch mcconnell has that brain glitch at the same time that the government reveals revealed that aliens exist and i i commented 
did they? Did they reveal that aliens exist? And the person who posted, yeah, it's, I'm seeing it all over the place. And I said, so I look around and I, and I said, well, I, I'm seeing it on social media, but I'm not seeing it in the news. I looked at AP and Reuters to agree agreed upon around most pe rational people that are pretty middle of the road, just the news kind of you know kind of organizations where they're not slanting things left or right or whatever. They're pretty much just middle of the road news. This is the, this just here's the facts, just the facts, ma'am. And and I go and I looked and I couldn't find anything. They're not saying anything about it except for one article that was talking about how poorly somebody was one of the some senator some congressman was was complaining about how poorly the whistleblowers were being treated in the media, uh, you know, and that was it. There wasn't any. I I said to the person who shared it and was saying, yeah, they, it's all over the place. I said, well, I said I would expect this to be bigger news if the government was revealing that alien life exists. I would expect it to be bigger news, not just some social media meme thing. It's life is out there, very very likely. Uh, simple life forms like microbial life forms, really likely, uh, I would think. And then again, I'm not a you know scientist, or whatever. I you know, but it just seems that there it's out there. And from what I'm hearing from the science I listen to, that there might even be life in our solar system, not intelligent life. But there may be life here, and that, that Mars might have had life on it. We just haven't found the evidence yet. We know of one planet that has life, and it's here. Oh, and one of the things that the, the that Grush, that the, the main whistleblower, had said that the the bodies that were recovered at these crash sites, you know, that that uh, he says, that, well, the government has, uh, you know, they have non-human biologic material, and the point is made on big picture science. And I'll make it here. Non-human biologic material is everything that is alive on the planet Earth that isn't human. So it's grass, it's trees, it's worms, it's cows, it's dogs, it's sea anemones, <laughs> it's it's you know it's the coronavirus. It's everything that's alive on this planet that isn't human is non-human biologic material. So there. All right, <laughs> I've gotten to my second break, so I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll take that break. I'll uh, hose off, and I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio at the Z uh, on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Jim Fitzsimmons. I'm going to take a little break. Sit tight. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. 
A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <sighs> we had you know, a couple sad things happen in you know pop culture sort of stuff that uh, kind of affected me a little bit. Um, who first? <laughs> uh, Pee Wee Herman, or, or Paul Rubens, died. And... Um, he... He... he what a character! <laughs> what you know, the Pee Wee Herman character was it was amazing. Uh, George Robb made this point, I think it was him, on his podcast when he talked about uh, Paul Rubens dying, is that uh, sometimes uh, a, a a pop cultural thing starts out as a commentary on uh, and a parody of a particular thing in pop culture, and then over time that thing becomes the thing it was parodying. And Pee Wee Herman is a, is a perfect example of it. When, when Paul Rubens developed a Pee Wee Herman character, like a grown child, a uh, man-child, that, that you know, hosts a, you know, a kid's program kind of thing, when he started out, it was, it was a parody of that. You know, Phil Hartman was part of it, playing a character or two, and then there was other people who were, were part of it that would play characters on, on it. And this wasn't the TV show yet. This was something he did on stage in front of adults, so the humor was a little more adult and that kind of thing. And he, and then I remember first seeing him on, on Late Night with David Letterman. So what I'll try to remember to do is link to, if I can find it, if it still exists, there was a super cut of all the Pee Wee Herman appearances on Late Night with David Letterman. And I'll, I'll link to that if I can find it, and you guys check it out. So it, it's uh, so then, Pee Wee becomes very popular. He does this the the, the movie Pee Wee's Big Top. I'm not sure which came first, that or the TV show, but uh, maybe but whichever it was. He did he did Pee Wee's uh, uh, Big Adventure. I think it's that one. Uh, Big Top was the uh, second movie, which I haven't seen. Uh, my uh, my friend John and I went and saw it. When it came out in the theaters, and we were, we thought it was funny and and whimsical and entertaining, and we were just surprised that it sustained throughout the whole movie. It, it just like the it didn't. Sometimes movies start out, you know, comedies start out strong and they don't sustain. This one did. It was clever throughout. It was funny, and uh, we we really enjoyed it. And we were you know, when the movie came out, we were like in our twenties somewhere. And it entertained us. It was it was great. And it's I, I should I want to watch it again. I haven't had a chance to because well, I've been kind of busy. Uh, and 
his TV series, I mean, it was a reason for me to get up on Saturday mornings when I didn't have to get up on Saturday mornings anymore. I used to work at uh, Wendy's Restaurant for several years there. And uh, when I left, I, didn't, I no longer had to get up on Saturday mornings. I had a, I had a Monday to Friday job, uh, 9 to 5 job. And I didn't, I didn't have to get up on Saturday mornings. But I did because Pee Wee's Playhouse was on. And it was just... Again, it's whimsical. It's funny. There was a, there was a little bit of the uh, of humor in there that adults would catch that the kids might not catch. It was great. It's just so 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 good. And so then, yes, he had his little brush with the law. Uh, he was a naughty boy, but you know it didn't. That it, luckily that didn't, you know, completely skewer his life. It it, it was rough for him for a bit, but when he came back. From what I understand, he was such a gentle fellow. He's, you know, and the kids loved him, and it was just, you know, find out that he died. He was seventy, which was surprising. Well, he's that old, <laughs> and even though that's pretty young to be dying, I should be dying at age seventy. I'm only what twelve years away from that. Come on, that's no. I need more time. I got, I got drawings to finish doing. Anyway, so, um, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I'll see if I can find that supercut from late night. Of, of him and it's it's like a couple hours long I think but it's worth watching it if you have to watch it in bits you know watch it in bits but uh, yeah and then the the next one uh, Sinead O'Connor she died too she was 56 I'm actually older than she is than she was and I, I don't know exactly how she died she had a very difficult life she had you know she had a mental health uh, uh, um, dealings that she had to deal with <laughs> she she you know she had a tragedy of losing her, her son uh her son had died uh like a year and a half before she died i think it's something like that and and she had this where she turned off the public to her by pointing out that the catholic church is is diddling kids she pointed that out years ahead of the boston globe coming out and saying with this series of articles exposing this, this systematic uh, moving around of priests that that molest children, instead of you know maybe they try to pray it out of them, they they wouldn't really help them. They just move them somewhere else, and they wouldn't keep them away from kids. And it just and that you know and it was always a a, a rumor about the church. It wasn't like the, it was it shouldn't have been surprising, but what was shocking about it was the was the the scale of it. And Sinead was trying to tell people. And she, you know, she lost a lot of her uh, uh, career because of her outspokenness. Um, spokenness? <clears throat> and I, I have her first album, which surprised my son when he saw that I had uh, The Lion and the Cobra. So you got Sinead kind of Yeah, yeah. I don't know much of her stuff. Her second album, I know the hits. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not as well versed, but there was always something admirable about her. You know, her integrity, her her fighting against the the uh, viewing of female beauty kind of thing, where it's just like you know, she shaved her head and she's you know, and she's trying, you know, she's fighting against the sexism and all this sort of stuff, the, the imagery kind of thing, she was pushing against. Um, yeah, she had a hard life, and uh, and she died, and it was uh, it was really upsetting. And uh, there's something that I, I will link to. There's a there's an Irish singer 
named uh, Damien Rice, which I, until last night, never heard of him. And I just fell across this uh, on the on the uh, on my YouTube feed, where he it, he finds out that Sinead O'Connor uh, had died while he was performing in concert. He was like between songs. He's, he's the video starts off. It's in the the, the hated video uh, lamp, uh, uh, portrait format. It's in the, the hate, but I'll forgive it. It's focusing just on him, and he's all in the cameras. I'm fine, but <clears throat> anyway. The video starts with him talking to the crowd, and he's thanking the people to put it together and, and uh, to help make this happen and all that. And then there's some mutterings start happening in the crowd. And and you, you wear headphones, you'll hear it a little bit better. Somebody shouts out that Sinead O'Connor died. And when he, he's like, what, 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 what was that you said about Sinead? What's what about Sinead? And he's, I hadn't heard that. You know? And he, in, 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 impromptu, he just stands, he's, he, he's, on, he's got an acoustic guitar, and he just starts to figure it out, and he starts to you know to figure out the, the play along, and, and he didn't know all the words, but he just starts to figure out the song uh, "Nothing Compares to You," uh, which was written by Prince, uh, and it was uh, he for his uh, uh, one of his one of the bands he tried to get going called the Family. It was they they recorded it, uh, or yeah, he wrote it for them, but then Sinead got you know got the song and had a huge hit out of it <clears throat> and he starts to play it and, and the crowd helps him along he's not he doesn't he's he, where he doesn't have the lyrics he just kind of hums it through and then he says and he actually asks the crowd what's what's the next line what's the next line and they they they, they start singing along with him oh touching and touching i'm telling you the as i get older <laughs> i seem to be uh, more prone to becoming emotional in that way. <laughs> what is this wet stuff coming out of my eyes? <laughs> I, I tend to have that kind of stuff happening more. Uh, and it, it goes back a little bit. I think somewhere in my 50s it started happening. And I, you know now I'm getting close to 60. And it's a... Uh, you know, it's it's happening more and more. I get that, you know, that my wife came up with this, this phrase that she uses that... Um, that lets me know, and now we both use it. That, that lets the other know that that something we just witnessed touched us, and <laughs> and she'll say, um, we uh, the other day uh, we were driving into work. We were listening to uh, uh, the Dana Gould uh, hour, his podcast, never an hour. It's always longer than an hour. Uh, and at the at the top of the the latest podcast, he you know, he, he didn't have a time because it was new news. He didn't have time to prepare. Uh, a talk about Paul Rubens and Pee Wee Herman and, and, and all that. But he did give, uh, you know, he, says he wanted to say something about it. So he gives some recollection where he had worked with uh, with Paul Rubens on the film uh, Mystery Men, I think that's what it's called, where he, uh, Rubens played a character called the Spleen, and his superpower was being able to have stinky farts or something. <clears throat> and so he's talking about. Dana Gould was talking about meeting Paul Rubens and and seeing the reaction of kids, and tells this story, and uh, uh, one he moves on with the rest of his show. Amy's she sit she sits in the back cars we're driving in the back of the seat of the cars we're driving in to work because she's you know to just to take care of Edna because our dog comes to work with us. We're lucky enough to work at a place that allows that, and so she you know in the back seat with the dog, and I hear. As the 
show goes on to the other topics, I hear her in the back say, stupid podcast. And that's, you know, when we, we're watching a movie and there's a moment in there where it gets you, she'll just say, stupid movie. So when I watch this particular video of Damien Rice paying, you know, an on-the-spot tribute to Sinead O'Connor, I, I sent the link to the video uh, uh, to Amy, and I texted it to her, and I wrote, stupid tribute, because it, it got me. It got me. <laughs> um, let's see. What do I got here? Oof. I'm not sure if I can do I can do this. I can do this. That might go a little long. Hey, I haven't done a show in three weeks, so if I go a little longer, you'll be okay with it, right? Okay. So as I said at the beginning of the show, or near the beginning of the show, that, well, I've been going to church. Not a lot. Only a couple times so far since being, you know, involved with Dad's house. <laughs> Again. Anyway, um, so one of the uh, masses that I went to, uh, the readings... There are readings done. I don't know if you've been to a Catholic Mass, but they, there's three readings done. Two of them are done by a, a lay person, and the third reading is done by the priest. And so the priest did a reading that was from uh, the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew, whatever they call it, uh, chapter 13, and I think uh, the verse starts at, uh, at 24, the pertinent one. And it's, it's, a, it's a parable that is uh, uh, according to the New Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition Bible. Isn't that interesting? It's the Word of God, but we've got to revise it. We've got to work on the language. We've got to figure this out. And some hundreds of years ago, a bunch of religious guys got together and they sat down and decided which of the books of the Bible were canon and which were not. <laughs> which of the words of God are we going to keep and which are the ones that we're going to get, get rid of? Let's say, well, that's not the Word of God. You would think, you know, and another thing, I thought, this would be an excellent proof to see if God existed. If the Bible, it, no matter what language it's printed in, any person in the world will pick up that book and be able to read it and understand every word of it. No matter what language it's written in, anything. That would be, that would be something. That would show, and it would be unequivocal. There wouldn't be there wouldn't be any contradictions in it. There wouldn't be. It would be straightforward. We know this wasn't written by men <laughs> who were who didn't know that Australia existed. A bunch of Bronze Age dudes that had no idea that there were penguins. Didn't know where the sun went at night. And these guys made up all this shit about God, who probably doesn't exist. I don't believe in him. You know I'm an atheist. It's, isn't that interesting that there's so many different versions of the Bible? All right, so this, according to the new revised standard version Catholic edition, the priest gets up and he starts reading this story, and it's a parable. So there's three parables told in a row by Jesus to his followers, but this first one is about uh, about the weeds and the uh, the parable of weeds among the wheat. There's this farmer plants the field with wheat. Uh, apparently, during the night, an enemy, which the priest then explained in his homily that the enemy was was the devil had come and planted weeds in among the wheat. 
And then the farmer is told, as the stuff starts to grow, that weeds are coming up with the along with the wheat. Uh, and 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 the farmer was asked, should the should should we you know get, pull the weeds out of there? And he said, nope. Let the weeds grow along with the with the wheat. And then when it comes to harvest time, we it'll be easier to tell the difference between two. Because we'll, you don't want to pull some of the wheat at the same time as you're pulling the weeds. You know, because we want that we want the weed crop. We want that. So, so it's we don't want to do it right away. We want to wait until we can tell the difference for sure between the between the two. And then we'll then we'll grab up all the weeds and we'll bundle them up and we'll take them to the barn and we'll burn them. And the priest in his in his in his homily after this, he's explaining that what this shows us, what Jesus was telling us, is that we need to be patient so that we can tell who is the good and the righteous among us from the evil, the bad and the evil among us. So we can separate them and bundle up the bad and the evil and send them in the fire, you know, and, and the priest said this, to burn in the lake of fire. <clears throat> There's a detail I left out in, in synopsizing this particular peril. Uh, the detail is this. Uh, verse 27. And this is from, again, the New Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. Must have been what they were reading because this is what they read. This is what the priest read and then in his homily went on to, to repeat a certain term in here <clears throat> that you'll get to. Hang on a second. I gotta, I gotta take a sip so that my throat's wet so I don't cough while I'm trying to read. So hold, give me a moment. Mmm, -mm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. <clears throat> so, not a sponsor. Verse 27. <clears throat> and the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Did you catch? Did you catch the thing that I caught? I wanted. Now, of course, I'm not going to do this. I mean, when I'm in the church, I'm an atheist. I, you know, I'll stand. I, I, I often say that if my dad's going to stand, I'll stand. If my dad doesn't stand, I won't stand. You know, and if the last time we went to church together, he stood most of the time when the standing parts came. You know, so the Catholic calisthenics stands. Sit, stand, kneel. Sit, stand, kneel. There was one time he just couldn't get up, so I just patted him on the back and we just sat. I won't kneel, even if Dad could kneel. I wouldn't kneel. I would just sit back. I'm not kneeling. Not be, not because not just because my knees hurt and my back and hip and all that shit, but because I'm not kneeling. I'm not praying. I'm not doing the sign of the cross on myself. I'm not doing any of that shit. But I'm listening. I'm looking around. I'm counting the people that are woefully down in its in its uh, <coughs> congregation. There were you know there's like a hundred at best people in there. And a lot of them are old. So anyway, <clears throat> did you hear the part? Now, and of course, you know, I minimize my eye rolling and arm crossing and scoffing and laughing and all that. I don't do any of that. Not only do I minimize it, I don't do it. <laughs> because I want to be respectful to my dad. You know, it, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't even be there. So, you know, 
But I had this fantasy of just raising my hand. Excuse me. I hate to interrupt, Father. Excuse me. Yes, my son. My son? Shit, I'm, I, I'm old enough to be your father, Father. Yes, anyway, what, what do you want to say? Um, the farmer's burning in hell, right? I, I don't know. Why would you ask that? My, uh, why would you ask that? Well, <laughs> he had slaves. You did say slaves, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. It didn't, didn't that bother anybody? Didn't that cause uh, just a little bit of a ripple or something? Didn't, didn't you guys just... I know him, it didn't bother my dad because he doesn't hear a word you're saying. He's just glad to be here. Uh, but didn't that bother you at all? You folks over there that happen to be black people. <laughs> we have there's, there's one black family. I think it was like a father, son, and a kid. You know... Uh, no, I mean, a father, wife, uh, you know, a husband, wife, and a kid. That's 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 what I meant. Father, son, that's, that's the ghost thing. You know, that was father, son, Holy Ghost, Catholic thing. Anyway, they were they're, 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 you, you, it's your people, people of color, sitting right there. And there's some Asian folks there. There's some Hispanic folks, along with a lot of white folks. I looked. At, didn't didn't you? Didn't that register with you? Did you just went home? Oh, hum, yeah. Mm -hmm. They said he said slaves. They they referred to the guy as master, this wise and righteous man in this parable who's teaching his slaves that it's better to wait for the weeds to grow and, you know, taking the resources, the precious resources that the wheat needs. That's why you take the weeds out of the fields so that the water resources and such don't go to the weeds. They go to the wheat. They go to the crop. That's why you you put you know pesticides and, and well not pesticides but herbicides on the field. That's why you do that. So you don't get these weeds taking resources from your crop. You want your crop to get it all so that it grows really well. But no, okay, they didn't know that back then because they were Bronze Age people who didn't understand. Actually, they maybe even knew that. You know, if we take the weeds out. Because they wanted to take the weeds out. The slaves went and said, let's take the weeds out. We should take the weeds out. Why would they ask them that? Because they knew it'd be taking resources from the from the crop. So obviously they knew it. They, they're not, they weren't dumb. They didn't know that uh, where the sun went at night, but they at least knew that you got to get the weeds out of the field. Isn't the guy, I mean, in the homily that the priest gave, he's, he's talking about, you know, the, the knowing who's the righteous person, knowing who's the good and righteous person from the bad, evil people, so that the bad, evil people can be bundled and sent into the lake of fire. He actually said lake of fire. And I, well, the farmer is in that lake of fire, isn't he? He had slaves. Doesn't anybody here have a problem with that? And when you, you you look up this particular part, if you go on Google and you look for, you know, Matthew 13 verses 24 through 43 or something like that, when you look it up and you read, you get different versions, they change the word slave to servant. But they, the servants still call the, the farmer master. But you know that's because you know we want to <laughs> we want to oh well we don't want people like me saying isn't anybody concerned about the slave part why would why why is this guy held up as virtuous he owns slaves now I know 
you could say, hey, you do the same thing with Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was an asshole when it came to slaves. But he was, a, but he was good when it came to setting up a nation that could eventually get rid of the slaves. He knew slavery was wrong. He knew it. It's just, you know, they, I, don't know, I guess they felt like they, they just couldn't, you know. I don't know, they justified it however way they justified it. Nevertheless, maybe Thomas Jefferson is burning in hell. But I don't believe that because there is no hell. Hail Satan. There's no Satan. <laughs> anyway. Okay, uh, if I am going long, I'm going long. Um, this past Wednesday, uh, Amy and I uh, went to see a concert. Now, this was the first, uh, not the first opportunity for Amy to go see a concert since she broke her shoulder back a couple, few months, three months ago, four months ago. Time just flies. Um, her shoulder's getting better. Thank you very much. She's doing physical therapy to try to get more motion in it. It's, it's, it's taking time. And she said to me the other night, she says, I don't think, I don't feel like I'm, it's getting any better. I said, honey, how long has it been? Uh, three months. I said, well, you need to take, you know, you need to just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Keep working on it because it's, it's going to take time. So anyway, because she, you know, she's gotten a lot better. And there, we had the meet, uh, a meeting with the surgeon who's checking on things, and he was impressed and happy with the progress. And he says, "Just keep doing it. Just keep working on it. Keep, you know, you'll get you'll get better." And, and he even told us from the beginning, it takes like six months to a year to get to maybe eighty percent of what you were. So, anyway, uh, but it wasn't the first opportunity to see a concert since she broke her shoulder. But she couldn't go to those the two shows that we had tickets for because it just you know it was right at it was like the the week after she had the surgery on the shoulder i think and then so i went to one of the shows it was the new pornographers i didn't go to the next show which was a band called built for built to spill didn't go to that one so we, those tickets just were just we just weren't able to use them and we couldn't sell them and you know, nobody wanted them so yeah, we just didn't go uh but we were able to go see a show this past week on wednesday we went to see a band called The National. Uh, they're from Ohio. They're from I, th I, I think the members are from Brooklyn, but they formed in Ohio and uh, at school in Ohio or something. Anyway, and they've been around for uh, since the early '90s, I think. And I like them. It's, it's I, I, I. However, I don't. You know, I'm not like I was when I was in my 20s uh, listening to music where I would just you know, find a band I like and just devour it. And just, just get every album and listen to everything. Um, I'm not, it's just not as, uh, as dedicated to it as I used to be. So I don't, I know uh, their first couple albums pretty well. We used to listen to them as we drive uh, Hayden to school. Um, so I know them fairly well. And, you know, speaking of them, you know, uh, well, of emotional kind of stuff when they play a song that reminds me of our driving Hayden to school at the end it's like uh, you know a little bit a little bit was there a little bit uh, anyway so the, uh, the, I, I, they, the band played 25 songs and I knew five of them uh, there's a website you can go to called setlist FM setlist FM uh, Google it you'll find the website and you can look for bands and I looked and I saw what the set was uh, for Wednesday, it was posted the next day. I'm not sure how they they get all this stuff. I think it. I, who knows? I don't know how they do it. And I saw 25 songs. And song number six was the first one I knew. <laughs> and I knew five of the songs tonight. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the opening band uh, called the Beths or the Baths. Uh, they're from New Zealand, and uh, I'd never heard of them. 
until we bought tickets to go see them. And I said to Amy, he says, who's opening for them? It's a band called The Baths. Never heard of them. And I didn't have a chance to look them up and listen to something beforehand. I just, oh, okay. Well, we'll find out. And they played a 30-minute set. And it was really good. I didn't know anything. And it was really good. And they had this big inflatable fish on the stage. You know, like the, 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 the front half of a big fish. I mean, it's like it's, it was like eight feet tall and I don't know how big around, but it was big and it was sitting behind where the drummer was. And I just, I kept saying, what's with the fish? <laughs> and the, the lead singer of the band, a woman named Elizabeth, said uh, the fish, somebody down front must have asked, what's with the fish? And she said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fish native, it's a pike native to New Zealand where they're from. And it's a thing. <laughs> so, okay, explain that. Um, the National came out. They, they played. Uh, they were great. Uh, they had some really cool visuals as far as the stage went, you know, with lighting and uh, screen images on the back. You would get, you know, they had some cameras set up so that you could, they would project some of the stuff on the screen. Uh, but they would use effects with it. And it was just interesting stuff. There was one point at which the, the lead singer guy, you know, he's singing the song called uh, The Day I Die. And he goes out into the crowd, and he's and he's going through this crowd, and it's standing room only on the you know standing only floor kind of thing. And he goes through him, and he's singing the song, and he's got a roadie behind him holding up the cord to his microphone. And but I kept thinking, how in the hell are they managing this with him going through? I'm watching him go through. I said, how is this not getting tied up on anybody? And then I look back to the stage. There's another roadie on the stage holding uh, at the other end of the of the of the cord, the microphone cord, and he's holding it way up high, and he's keeping the tension nice and tight, so that you know, so that uh, nobody gets caught up in the in the cord. And I said, oh, that's how they do it. And I wonder why they don't invest in a wireless microphone at least for that song, so he can do the crowd thing. But may, I was told that sometimes, uh, you know, the venues, the, the, the way they're built or set up or something, there might be interference with the microphone. It's not the most reliable for wireless type stuff. So the cord is what they use. And so, fine. That was great. I've seen it done before. Back in the 80s, there was a band called The Wooden Tops. I mean, the lead singer came off the stage and went through the crowd singing and, you know, doing the stuff. Um, or, or maybe it was just, maybe it wasn't singing, maybe it's just, you know, they were in an instrumental part of the song and just came out and did a little thing through the crowd. And I think uh, a local band, uh, the lead guy for that band would do that, would come, come down onto the dance floor or, or where the crowd was and do, do a little something. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm sure they're not saying, hey, we're the only ones that do this. It's just it's a fun little moment where the guy did that. It was kind of great. And um, before the show, I said to my wife, I said, uh, I hope for two things. I hope that they play the song Blood Buzz Ohio, which is my favorite of the national songs. Uh, now, that I, no, Knowing that I don't know a lot of their material, there might be another favorite song. There might be a one I like even better in there. I'm going to have to do some more digging and, and listen to more of their stuff. I do enjoy their, their work. But that song, Blood Buzz Ohio, is just, just struck, struck a chord with me or something, and it just I really like it. I dig the song. I think it's great. And so I was hoping they'd play that. And they did. In fact, it was the first song that I knew of theirs that they played in that concert. Like six songs in, that was the first one. So and, I, and Amy gives me a nudge, and you know they they set up the lighting on the stage where it's very red, and it goes out of the crowd, and the crowd all looks blood red, and all that. It's a really cool effect. And the other hope I had was I hoped that they wouldn't play their song about today, not because I don't like it. I really like that song. It might be my second favorite of their songs. 
uh, because uh, I didn't want him to play it because I knew I would get emotional. I knew I might become a, 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 a sobbing lump of human flesh. <laughs> because the, the song is about uh, a couple that are growing apart. And one, you know, the singer, uh, the, the, you know, the, the singer of the song is, you know, the character he's playing in the song is expressing that he's feeling the, the, the other member of that couple is pulling away. And it's done very minimally as far as the music goes. It's very low key. It keeps, you know, it keeps the same kind of tension through the whole song. Uh, when they played it live, they did bring up the end of it and just kind of rocked it out. But on the the album version, just has this real subtle, quiet. You know, didn't feel it need to be a it needed to be a home run. You know, they didn't they didn't need to bash it out. They just subtly went through and did did it. And it just it, the tension in that song is just ugh. And when he says, you know, how close am I to losing you? It just it kills me. Every time I hear it, and I hoped, I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, I hope they don't play that because I don't want to become a blubbering mess because I knew I would. And those fuckers played it, <laughs> and I, it was the second to last song. I thought they were gonna, you know, they, they came back for the encore. They did a five-song encore. It was, I thought, okay, we're getting through it. They started to play it, but it didn't sound like it at first. It sounded like they were doing doing a, a slow kind of build into it, and they, I think they were putting in elements of other songs of theirs in there. And in fact, I recognized one song called Ada, and I said to my wife, "says I think they're gonna play Ada." And then as it as it begins to coalesce into the song, Amy puts her arm around me. She puts her head on my shoulder. She's honey, and the, they played the song. <sighs> Stupid song. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh. I should say, <laughs> you've been listening to Dimland Radio. Remember the answer is never magic. Skeptic, be skeptical, and uh, I'll see you next week. And also, remember to sleep with the lights on. <laughs> Stupid the national. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.